Coming up on Unpolished MBA. So we know what obviously happened between 98 and now 2022. It just Mm -hmm. blew up like crazy. Everybody has a website. So I'm not saying everybody should or will have a podcast, but the idea of like it being kind of this quirky thing that you tell your friend about like, hey, I'm listening to this sports podcast or this business show and their response may be, oh, I never listened to those or I don't really get it. That's over with. This show is sponsored by TPM Focus, the strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for new innovations. Head over to tpmfocus.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our most recent episode of Unpolished MBA. And today I have with me Mike DiCiocio. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Monique? Thanks for joining us today. I want to start by asking you the same two questions that I ask everyone else. And the first one is, are you an entrepreneur or a corporate employee? Currently entrepreneur. Do have a background in corporate as well. Oh, we're going to get into that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) MBA or no MBA? No NBA. I'm an unpolished MBAer. Exactly. I think we all are to a certain degree. <laughs> right. I started off very unpolished, let's just say. <laughs> well, I like that. I, I think regardless of education or not, I'm very down to earth. And so I consider that being unpolished. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. You mentioned that you know you have the corporate background. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. So I ended up getting into the sales side of things and it it really kind of found me. I never woke up one day and said, Hey, I want to have a sales career. Who does that? that? (laughs) Right. Like I want to go into sales. It kind of becomes a thing that you either find you're naturally gifted at and you have success and you continue to pursue. A lot of times it could start off as a retail sales job. And that's actually kind of how I got into it. But to share just quickly before getting into kind of corporate story, as a kid, I was not into that really at all. I mean, I was into music. I started drumming when I was 10 years old, 10, 11. And I was always into film. I loved watching film and kind of studying it and watching like the behind the scenes clips. There was actually a movie magic show that used to be on TV. I used to watch the like, you know, them create the miniatures for all the behind the scenes. And I remember watching like the Star Wars documentaries, all that kind of cool stuff. So I have an interest in film and even screenwriting, directing, acting. And I ended up going to school for media production. I went to Buffalo State College and have a degree in media production, a Bachelor of Arts degree. But aside from that, I ended up having the most success in my early 20s into my early 30s in sales. And it all started off when I worked at a music store. As you know, I'm a musician. So I was working at a a local guitar store. Oh, that sounds awesome. It was a lot of fun. I met a lot of <laughs> a lot of cool people. I was in a band at the time, you know, so it was just cool. I was around great people, fun people. I had instruments galore around me, drum kits. I was kind of the drum manager, they called me, but it was just kind of a, a fun title. It didn't really mean anything. I was the drummer <laughs> in the store that if someone came in and had a drum question, they would throw everyone in my direction. And I ended up leaving there after a year and knowing more about guitars than anything because it was Guitar Factory. Yeah. Not to be confused with the corporate guitar center. That's a different company. So yeah, I was working at Guitar Factory. It was, you know, early 20s, saving up for an engagement ring at that time to put it kind of on a timeline. 
And by the time I was 25, we got married. So I was probably 23 or so working at this music store, saving up for the ring. Get married when I'm 25 years old. Mm-hmm. I ended up leaving the music store and working for Sleep Number, which is a great company. They have the Sleep Number bed you probably heard of. You see a ton of commercials now. You mean that expensive bed? <laughs> <laughs> My average sale when I left the company was $4,700 a sale. And wow. I, I did very well with the company. But when I started with them in... I want to say it was 2011 originally because I had two stints with them. First, I did two years in sales and then I came back for a third year and I was a store manager. But um, the company was more like in magazines and kind of like on TV channels that were more home-based, you know, that kind of stuff like home improvement channels and stuff like that. But now they have a partnership with the NFL. Everybody knows them. They're all over the place. So it's it's cool to see that company actually grow and I sleep on a sleep number bed. And that's actually the company that I want to give a lot of credit to turning me into a professional salesperson. Because at the music store, I was fun. I was Mike. People came in, they got to meet me. I didn't really have a professional presentation, you know, as far as like, oh, when someone comes in, I'm going to kind of use this framework to close the deal. It was kind of, it happened and it was kind of, a little bit loosey goosey. Mm-hmm. But at Sleep Number, I learned how to have a process. You know, you don't want to be a robot and do it robotically, like as the script says to do it. But there was a rhyme and reason to, like, hey, let's get to know somebody. We called it Discovery. And then from there, we would show them what's called the wow bed. It's kind of the first experience they have with the product. And then listen to their hot buttons, take them to the proper places in the store to showcase what we can do to provide a solution to what they need. And then I got it great at presenting the proposal. Everyone else called it a quote. I called it a proposal because to me, quote is, I want a price and I want to run. And yeah. I was like, no, we don't do that. Like, I'm going to put together everything we talked about as a solution to why you're here. And then that's the proposal. And every single person who came and talked to me got one. Because I, I told my sales team, you know, 100% of the times you don't present a proposal, you do not sell anything. That's 100%. right. 100%. And probably 75% of the times I did print it, I sold it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm giving myself three out of four chance here to close a deal. So that's when I really learned how to become a professional. And then LinkedIn came out in 2012 or so. And I was probably one of the first people in my own network of friends at that time that was on LinkedIn. And the only thing I ever heard about it was I'd get an email once in a while that someone inboxed me. And at that point, it was recruiters. (laughs) And they were typically trying to bring me over to their organization. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And every once in a while, I would get something that caught my attention. Kind of another side story is my wife at that time, her uncle was probably the most financially successful person I've ever met in my life. And Mm -hmm. he had an insurance agency for 30 plus years in Indiana. We're from Buffalo, New York. So he moved from Buffalo to Indiana, has this huge insurance agency there. And um, when Liberty Mutual reached out to me to bring me on board, I'm like, hey, this is maybe a sales opportunity where there's some money in the game. Mm -hmm. And that kind of got my attention. And I was like, you know, at Sleep Number, as much as I liked working there, I was in a storefront that people came to me and I was kind of limited in exposure of who I could sell to. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I'd be really good at like being on the road, going to networking meetings and kind of the door-to-door sales of like, hey, let me meet with you at your kitchen table, meet you, your husband, your wife. I can put the presentation in front of you here. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to happen at the store and I can kind of dictate how I scale my success. Yeah, like a real sales process. Right. And I'm in control of that, right? The funnel yep. and, and the prospecting and sourcing. So um, I actually took them up on the offer and eventually it was kind of a process, as you know, bigger corporations to kind of have you go through the steps and all that. 
But really, what sold me, you're going to laugh. <laughs> Imagine this 26-year-old kid, newly married, you know, planning on having a kid on the way. I get presented a company laptop and two weeks in Florida for training. And I'm coming from Buffalo. So it was winter. <laughs> it was snowing <laughs> sideways. And they're like, we'll get you to Florida for two weeks. and We'll get you a company laptop. I'm like, sign me up. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I know nothing about insurance. Can I just disclaim that up front? Like, I don't know what this is. They said, don't worry about it. If you're good at sales and if you're good at doing the process, we will teach you what you don't know. And I said, that's fair. Let's do it. So I did that for about three and a half years at a high level. You know, provided for the family, did really well. And then I got that that heart tug, like, man, you know, what happened to the little like 10-year-old running around with a camcorder and, and creating mm-hmm. and, and writing and experiencing and doing all this cool stuff? Yeah. I kind of felt like I was dying inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't yeah. like my wife was telling me not to be creative. I was supporting our family, but you know, I still felt like I was me when people met me. I was I was happy and I was always happy to help people and sell and know that I was doing the right thing and providing the right solution every time. But at the same time, I felt like my creativity was really starving. So I eventually did go back to sleep number when the store management opportunity came about because it was something I always wanted. So I felt like, hey, now that it's available, let's go back and do that. And I did really well for that year, You know, broke some records, all that fun stuff. But I ended up going through a divorce, which is where the next part of my story happens. In 2017, I was 31. It's like a super early midlife crisis where once I got divorced, it was an opportunity to reevaluate who I wanted to be as a person and what I wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. And even though I was successful in corporate America up to that point, I knew it was my opportunity to become an entrepreneur. And there was nobody that can answer to that except for the, the man I looked at in the mirror that said, what are you waiting for? That's a lot of changes at one time, though. That had to take a lot of courage. I would say, yeah, it took courage, but it was almost like, you know, it was definitely a dark place. But I Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, that's where you can really build up. Now, like when you knock something down, you can start to build something new with the right processes in place. So I'm talking about me personally. I did not get married thinking I would ever get divorced. I thought we were Mm going to be together forever. But once that became not the reality. I just realized, and thanks to podcasts and the people I was listening to, I was really putting a lot of positivity into my think tank. Mm-hmm. Who were you listening to? Ed Milet, Lewis House, some Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins. Okay. No wonder. They lifted you up. They were lifting me up. And it was very much like the message in my head was, why not me? Why not me? Because most of the guys I'm listening to started from either nothing or at some point in their life had literally a few bucks in their pocket mm-hmm. and have become who they are. So why not me? And it wasn't, I wasn't only after money. I was actually after being the best version of myself, number one, and serving the world. And I do believe in God. And so I felt I was in service, number one, to God. But the best version of Mike is someone that's serving and everybody else is going to benefit from it in some way. And so I knew that I was limited in being able to do that at a company because I had to be kind of employee XYZ opposed to someone who can create a movement, which is what Social Chameleon has become, into something that's much larger than me when eventually it can operate without me. you know. And it's like I plant the seed and it becomes this thing that's much larger than me over time. And I had that vision for it from day one. I'm someone who is probably the creative background, the the little kid with the dream is always in my heart. And when I thought to start a company, I wasn't thinking about it like, oh, you know, how much money do I need to make rent this month? I was thinking about like, how do I build the next largest company? You know, kind of like a vision for what it's going to look like in 20 years. I was already having that dream from day one. 
I can just say that you're a special person because most people wouldn't think that way, especially at that time. Even if things are going great, <laughs> they're not going to think that way. They usually would go into like self-survival mode where you're mm-hmm. like, shoot, the sky's the limit. What is there to lose? You know, I know that there is something to gain and I know I can personally do it. That's a special person. So you definitely got to give yourself credit for that. I appreciate that. You know, I I give, first of all, God the credit because, you know, he created me and put me in position to do these things. But also I have to give credit, really Ed Milet, uh, listening to his show, which is the Ed Milet show, or people know it as Max Out. One of the lessons I learned from him that changed my perspective when I was going through those hard times in 2017 is that when you flip the lens to everything happens for us, not to us. Mm-hmm. You change the victim mentality because obviously going through a divorce is a difficult time. It's maybe not the best time. You know, it's laughable now to think about it. Financially changing consistent good income to, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and basically eat what I basically kill the whole hunting mentality, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different lifestyle. And, and I definitely had to take a lot of steps back to go forward like a slingshot. But when I heard Ed say, Everything happens for you, not to you. And he was explaining the very difficult things he went through in life. And now with a different lens, I realized, hey, you know what? I didn't want to go through a divorce. I didn't think that was in the cards for us. But once it happened, I realized I could either lay there in my apartment and Saul could just be miserable and feel bad for myself, or I could pick myself up and now be start a new version of me. It's mm-hmm. chapter two now. Let's go. So I'd say I, I probably was down in the dumps for, you know, maybe a few days. And then all of a sudden I kind of sprung up and was like, I get to write the blank pages. That's right. And I'll tell you, picture this. I'm in a brand new apartment. My entire life is boxed up at this point because I'm just moving. So all my belongings, and I have everything. You know, it's like I found yearbooks from when I was in like fifth grade that I didn't even know I still had in these boxes, right? And basically anything that was mine in our house that I had together with my ex-wife was all in this or these boxes. And the apartment was empty because it was day one. And I remember looking around thinking the walls in these rooms, all this empty space, that's my future in all these boxes are my past. And I want to create new memories, new things, and appreciate the past, but not be defined by it. And that's really how I put my best foot forward. We're going to take a quick time out and pick back up in just a moment. If you need marketing campaigns and landing pages done quickly so that you can test the market with your ideas and see who's interested and then stay in touch with those people, you need a tool that can automate all of that. You're an innovator and you're certainly busy. Perhaps you don't have a CMO or chief marketing officer right now, or you have no plans to hire one anytime soon. And you may be doing this type of work yourself or have a new career professional or even intern helping you. You need Entreport. You can build a landing page or website in minutes. You can accept payments. You can automate marketing campaigns and the list goes on and on. I have personally been using Entreport to build, automate and grow my business for going on seven years now. I don't recommend any tool that I haven't used and that I don't believe can help the unpolished MBA audience. Simply put, you can move and test your innovative ideas in the market faster with this tool. Don't get bogged down with too many complex tools. This is all you'll need. Go to tpmfocus.com forward slash entreport. And that's spelled O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T. 
and that's O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T, tpnfocus.com forward slash entreport. Go there to start your free trial and get started. So once you made that transition into business, what was it like when you first got started? Did you know what to do? You know, you mentioned your ex's uncle was pretty successful or from your experience in sales and in corporate America. Like, how did you know what to do? The most naive thing I ever thought and actually experienced was because I was good in sales and I was great at networking and loved meeting new people and helping them out. I assumed, which is obviously a key word you want to kind of stay away from. Everyone says, don't make an ass out of you and me. But I assumed <laughs> that because I was good in sales and I felt I was a strong sales manager that, oh yeah, I can run my own company too. Like I can sell XYZ, pick a product, I'll sell it. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a mistake on my part because being an entrepreneur, you have to be much more than a salesperson. That's a huge skill and trait that you do need. But organization, execution, business planning, understanding taxes, understanding when, you know, corporation, I'm an S corp. I didn't even know what that meant at the beginning. So like having all the legalities of it taken care of, there's a lot to learn. So to answer your question, the best thing I did or could do, really the only thing I could do is my best in meeting new people, you know, new opportunities. So that's the lifeblood of business. So I was going literally door to door, business to business, trying to help them out. And day one of Social Chameleon, we were not what we are today. Today, we're a podcast agency. 2017, we were a media and marketing company doing a lot of social media advertising videos. We were doing Facebook ads, A-B testing, all that good stuff. And we also were website designing and we were doing SEO and SEM, which is just a boring way of saying helping get traffic to somebody's website. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did in the early days. And then I started to realize I wasn't even loving it. And it's like, wait, I walked away from corporate because I really wanted to rediscover myself and Mm -hmm. invigorate some of that energy of that childlike excitement. And uh, I started to lose it. And then really where the, the story takes a big turn, a positive turn is in 2019, November 4th, my first podcast episode comes out with my friend, Jackie Roach, who encouraged me to start the podcast. So I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to have you on as my first guest. And uh, I've done over 130 episodes of Mic'd Up. And that show, actually, after a month in December then of that year, one of our clients who I did a testimonial video for, they -hmm. actually came to me, they emailed me and said, hey, our board of directors is looking to start a podcast and we have no idea how to do it. We know that you just did yours because we see it. We like it. Looks good. Can you help us? And I thought they meant like coach them a little bit or give them some insights on how to do it. Mm -hmm. And eventually I realized the conversation was not just help them. It was to take the project on and do it all. Edit, distribution, artwork, the whole deal. And I was like, oh my God, of course, yes. And I realized, hey, this is what I love to do. It it lit Mm -hmm. me up. I was excited. So then all of a sudden I added it to Social Chameleon's ammo, right? Our our Mm -hmm. repertoire of what we could do. And uh, a lot of business coaches and mentors that were meeting with me for coffee and helping me out were like, dude, you are doing too many different things. Like, what are you the best at? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I know every aspect of podcasting because I taught myself how to do it from the ground up. I have a media production degree, so I understand audio engineering. I understand what goes into a good video, understand how to market something. So I had all these different skills that kind of came together and they said, well, you know, it seems like that's your thing. You're the guy people are now knowing as kind of the podcast dude. And um, I was like, you know what? I, I do have to get organized and pick one thing I want to run with. 
And so before the pandemic, I decided and I put out some new marketing content and I rebranded us as Social Chameleon Podcasting Done For You. And it was the best decision ever made because not only did the... the Mic drop moment, boom. <laughs> Not only did the company, Monique, did the company grow, my fulfillment grew mm-hmm. and surprise, surprise, profit grew because I was happier. I was a better business person. When people met me, they could feel that energy. It was more electric than before when I kind of was doing things I was not even really enjoying at that point. And uh, mm-hmm. so it made a big difference. And obviously that's how you and I met and the rest is kind of history, right? Absolutely. I know so many people that want to do a podcast, you know, they don't have the time to go and try to learn everything. And oh, and then what about distribution? And what about artwork? They got to learn Canva. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of moving pieces. And not many people would want to do that and take the time to do it, but they do want a podcast. So your service is do it for you. So is that literally from beginning to end or describe a little bit more about what you do for those who either have a podcast or want to start one? Yeah, it literally is done for you. That's the concept. What I realized is a lot of people have the energy and excitement to start a podcast. They have Mm -hmm. a great idea. Maybe they're great on a microphone. They have a huge network. People are like, oh yeah, I want to be on your show. Awesome. They're great at hosting the show. They're passionate about delivering a great show. Typically, most people do not love the tedious editing. And I'm going to give a shout out to our editor, one of our editors, Todd, who I know is actually working with us on your show. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Todd and everyone at Social Chameleon, Randall, Samantha, and Nate as well. Uh, I have a beautiful team that grew over time. But yeah, I realized that most people that start a podcast, they start to get burned out. And you see actually there's a drop off around episode 15 Mm -hmm. because what started as a passion project becomes a part-time job. Five to 20 hours of work a week. If you're doing it all and you're doing it the right way, you're not just throwing it together and and spitting it out. You're actually Mm -hmm. putting together a nicely produced show. And so then what happens is someone usually hires like, all right, I'll get an audio editor minimum. I need it to sound good. And then they do that, but they like don't have great artwork. Now I'm going to hire Susie to do the artwork and Sam to do, you know, the audio. And then, and then they realize, well, how do I get it on my website? Or do they even know how to do the distribution? They end up hiring a third or fourth person. Mm -hmm. And I realized, look, instead of just coaching people, we will do all of that stuff for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's really the best feeling is knowing that someone gets to be the best host of their show. They're kind of the face of it, but there's a supporting team behind the scenes that's making it all happen. It's very similar to Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. He comes out, he walks out of that curtain. He's his best self. He tells the jokes, he's reading the, the monologue and he's great with his guests and he does his funny segments. But imagine if Jimmy then after that had to go and edit everything and turn it into social media content and Right? Like that, that's yeah. just, nobody would assume any of that. So, what we're looking to do is provide that professional quality, that studio quality for somebody. And we do it. And it really is, when you figure out the cost of it, very affordable to work with us, considering if you hired everybody out per hour, tried to nickel and dime your way through it, you end up spending just as much, if not more. Absolutely. And then the project management of it all is just, yeah, it's, it's too much going on. So, you know, podcasting is very popular now. What do you see as far as the future of it though? Yeah. Here's the thing. It's been out for a while, but it's like websites. Like in 1998, the last time I heard stats on this, the amount of podcasts today, which are about two and a half million podcasts that are active 
that same amount was the amount of websites that existed in 1998. So we know what obviously happened between 98 and now 2022. It just Mm -hmm. blew up like crazy. Everybody has a website. So I'm not saying everybody should or will have a podcast, but the idea of like it being kind of this quirky thing that you tell your friend about like, hey, I'm listening to this sports podcast or this business show. And their response may be, oh, I never listened to those or I don't really get it. That's over with. Everybody, like my mom understands podcasting. The guy down the street knows that like if you follow a sports team, that sports team has their own podcast. If you follow a TV show, there's usually a podcast either the network has one, Mm -hmm. the show might have one, fans of the show have one. My point is they're not going away anytime soon. They're being utilized so much more in branding and marketing for small medium and big organizations. And what's exciting is they're in all different bases. There's entertainment, there's business, there's everything in between. So it's exciting to be in this. That was part of the reason that I was excited to pivot because I knew I'm not pivoting to a dying thing. Like website design, as much as it is, it's a necessity at this point, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's pro designers who are going to make these really expansive sites and they're beautiful and their functionality is, you know, the UI is amazing. The user experience also is amazing. But at the end of the day, it's kind of just serving what it needs to be. And it wasn't that exciting for me. And the clients just kind of wanted it to work and provide ROI. When I talk to someone about their podcast, we're all excited about the creativity that goes into it. So it's just a better space. I feel I'm actually being utilized as a person more in this space because I get to be me a lot more. And I'm the best version to help and serve. And I love doing my show. Every day I look at my calendar and I see there's a mic'd up episode in there. It just has more energy than just a day of you know meeting new people, which I love to do. But when I know that there's going to be this show created that day, it always amps me up even more. Absolutely. And I can certainly can feel that energy just with us working together, too. The great thing about it is you come with ideas, right? (laughs) A lot of times when people are trying to piece together different individual people who don't know each other, who have no communication throughout each other, it's very hard to kind of have this collaborative effect. And so working with a done for you and then someone that this is like, this is what they thrive on. This is what they enjoy doing. It makes a huge, huge difference. When you mentioned podcasting kind of being like, you know, the websites of 1998, I really had hmm. to laugh at that because I'm like, yeah, you know, right now, sometimes people, because I know with us, we don't update our website often. Maybe like once a year, we'll change it, like literally change the design or every year and a half. But when someone needs to know more information, I send them there. And I also see that people with podcasts, they'll say, oh, even if it's not their own, people will reach out to them for information or what's your thoughts on this? Can I pick your brain? They'll send them a podcast episode they did with someone, you know, so... Well, here's the thing. Like, What's exciting about it is there's no shortage of information in the world we live in today. There's obviously Google, which is the primary source of people going to Google something and get information. But now podcasting is also becoming that, that extra tier because it's not only the Google process of getting the information, now it's active information. There's people explaining it. There's people talking about it on a higher level. You can dive into conversations. You can be a fly on the wall. What I love about podcasts is you're getting to be a fly in the wall for people in conversation that you normally wouldn't get to meet mm-hmm. or talk to. Like Ed Milet interviewing at the time he interviewed and was also interviewed by Tony Robbins. These two guys, like it felt like you're sitting at coffee, hanging out with these guys and they're sharing their life stories and how they did 
these incredible things. And it just, it, you're like, I feel like I'm hanging out with these guys. And mm-hmm. so that's the whole cool thing with podcasts is it's more active as a university on wheels. Whenever I'm driving yeah. <laughs> either to go get my daughter or take her somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, go to church, go, you know, do some volunteer work. Anytime I'm in my car and I'm driving, I'm using that as podcast time so I can learn a new, something new. And then you got to apply what you learn. You know, that's the action behind it. But um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's, you know, I'm not trying to shoot down school, but I will say in like the seven years or eight years that I've been listening to podcasts, I learned more than the 20 years I was in school, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people say that yeah. a lot of people and it's, it's definitely much more informative and entertaining and all of that than the radio. Like I never turn the radio on in my car. Never. Right. Well, it's on demand. You know, you turn the radio on. You have to hope it's a song you care about or, uh, you know, a DJ you want to hear from. And if it's a business show, where are you going to find that on the radio? Like 30 in the afternoon going, you know, with podcasts, we're in an on-demand society right now. Everybody knows Netflix and Hulu, your way through it and the DVR mentality of like, watch it when you want, skip through. And so essentially podcasts provide that. Now, what I kind of teased earlier is like, do I think that everyone will have one? I don't. I don't think that's necessarily right because not everybody is the right fit for it. Not everyone's either comfortable doing it, wants to do it, or has a personal brand or business that could be connected to it yeah. in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's not like everybody you know, necessarily needs it, but I do feel there's going to be a high, high, high percentage, and there already is, of active listeners where it's as you know, whatever the numbers are of people watching TV in 1980, you know, which is basically everybody, you know, like before the internet, it's the thing everyone did was came home from work, watch TV. Well, now it's like podcasts are already that form of entertainment that everybody's tuning into. Like it's a household thing that's known. It's not, you know, this uncomfortable thing to talk about. It's here. It's being utilized. And what's really the reason I don't see it going away is that people can do it while they're driving their car, working out in between meetings, you could watch a podcast on YouTube if you want to be more engaged and will actually physically watch the guest and the host or whatever the show might look like. So you can do it while staying busy, while I'm cutting the grass. I actually look forward to cutting the grass because that's an hour and a half of podcast time for me. You can obviously, I don't want to say multitask because that's kind of a, I learned that that's not even a good thing because you're not giving to everything. But the point is like, if you're doing something that's just mundane, you're cleaning the kitchen, you can learn at the same time by listening to a podcast. So I think that's why A, it's so popular and B, I don't see it going away anytime soon. And I know video is, you know, I'm all into video and video is great and YouTube channels continue to grow and provide a lot of value. But the thing is with video, if that's the only form of your content, then people have to choose when they're going to watch it. Where with audio, they can actually tune in and you're giving them more of a window when they can do that. That's a great point and a great way to really promote where podcast is now and where it'll continue to be because we're not slowing down in this world. I want to be able to drive and not have to look at a video to hear what you're saying, right? Yeah. So I really believe that it's not going anywhere. And if anything, it'll be enhanced. Now, how it is enhanced is still yet to be seen. But Mike, I really want to thank you for joining the show today and sharing your journey with us, but also talking more about podcasts because everyone just saying, oh, this is a fad. It's another one of those things. But Mm -hmm. as you explained, that's not so. 
thank you so much for spending some time with us today and sharing your journey. Yeah, absolutely. I, I enjoyed being on and I uh, just want to say thank you for all the great content that you provide. You're doing it yourself. You know, everything we talked about, you're doing at a high level. With your help, <laughs> let's be transparent with your help. So yes, for those who are interested in working with you and your company, what's the best way they can find you? Yeah. So if you're looking to tune in to Mike Up and kind of get more of the personal brand, you can go to mikeduppodcast.com and we'll make that clickable in the show notes for you. If you're interested in Social Chameleon and what we can do to launch your podcast and create the content and publish that for you, then you would go to socialchameleon.us also in the show notes for you. And I'd love you guys tuning in to connect with me on LinkedIn and shoot me a DM and let me know that you tuned in and if you got value from this, I'd love to hear that. And obviously, Monique, when she posts that the show is out, it's a great opportunity for you to, to show some love to her and let me know what you think of the show. We want to be active and engaged with the audience. So I just want to say thank you again for the opportunity to be here and do that. And I love anyone to reach out. And if you mentioned that you have tuned into this episode and you're interested in launching a podcast, let me know directly and I will definitely get you a discount on Social Chameleon Services for tuning in today. Wow. That's nice. That's really nice. You're much nicer than I am. So. <laughs> and the reason I didn't put it an exact dollar amount or percentage is because I'd need to, to work with someone to see what they're interested yeah. in and then mm-hmm. basically uh, give them the hookup, the Monique hookup. Right. <laughs> oh, thanks again, Mike. Unpolished MBA. Make sure you take Mike up on his offer. They do an excellent job. As you can see, many of you guys have listened to the past couple uh, seasons and Social Chameleon has been behind that for us. And we appreciate all of your help and your partnership, Mike. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.